0: Verse number one, the Bible says at the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner, thou mayest exact it again, but that which is thine with thy brother, thine hand shall release saving when there shall be no poor among you, for the Lord shall greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. Only if thou carefully hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, for the Lord thy God blesseth thee as he promised thee, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow, and thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you for um, your word. We thank you for the time that we have to be in your house, the health that we have to be here tonight, and and the freedom that we have as well. Um, we pray that you would open our eyes and help us to, to as we look into your word, to learn from it and to gain from it as we apply it to our lives. In your name I pray, amen. Subject tonight is this, uh, releasing selfishness. If you notice in that, in that text, you'll see... Um, the word release, and then, and then later on in the text that we'll read in a minute, uh, the thought of opening up their hands. And, um, of course, um, speaking here uh, in Deuteronomy 15, as God is giving the message to Moses that to give to this generation that's about to go into the promised land. And, and he, here in chapter 15, he gives them this, uh, this law about the year of release. And the question I want to confront tonight, or the question I want to, I want to get you to think about is this, uh, do I have enough? Do I have enough? That's a question we all ask ourselves, and we could think of this uh, materially, of course, and, and apply it that way tonight as well, but I want us to apply it spiritually as well. Um, but the question that all, that all humans are asking themselves is, do I have enough? And it's a necessary question. We all have ourselves to provide for. Um, we all have our families to provide for, and certainly that's what that's what comes first, as the as Paul said in 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 the book of 1 Timothy, that if that it's actually part of the faith for a person to provide for their own house and to provide for themselves. And for this reason, this is not the message tonight. But but as think of it as a side note, if if we think that that Christianity and Christian service means uh, not taking care of what is under our care so that we can so that we can give to others we're getting it all wrong faith faith begins at home faith begins with providing for those who God has given you, and that's what it starts with so when we talk about generosity tonight, I don't want you to think of it as um, we're having to neglect ourselves for others because what that turns out to be is is that and we're not able to help others because we've neglected ourselves and not taken care of ourselves. So that's important, and that just think of that as, put that in parentheses as we start out. But what the question of, of do I have enough, can turn into, is it can turn into discontentment. Or the way I would describe it is just this nagging drive for more. We all, as Americans, probably more than any other country, experience that. Um, that no one has enough, we save for uh, for our kids to go to college, and then after we get done saving for our kids to go to college, then we save for our retirement and and we always need more and we always need uh, more and it turns into I need more toys and I need more material possessions and and we find this that if we 're not careful, even as Christians, the American culture is 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 part of us. Um, We think of the world as many times as the sin that's there. And the world system, in reality, yes, is the sin, but it's also the system that, uh, the value system, what the world says I should be living for when I wake up in the morning. And a lot of that, from a material perspective, is just getting more. We grasp and we scheme and we plan to get more. But what, what what are you trying to protect yourself from? We're trying to protect ourselves from from want or from what we feel like is is lacking because we feel like we don't have enough. Dis, it's discontentment, and we mistakenly think that the way that we get to contentment is by reaching is a destination. The apostle Paul knew this, and he talked about it in Philippians. He knew that contentment was not a destination, but it was it was a state. He said, "I've learned." <clears throat> What, that whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. Whether it's a, a, a state of abounding or a, or a state of lacking, he learned to be content. A, contentment is not something that you arrive at. It's something that you choose. And, and I know I've learned that. And, and that's where generosity and letting go of selfishness begins with, is, is choosing contentment. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight in this, that freedom... From selfishness, freedom from discontentment is found in release. And we're going to kind of use this, this law of, of the year of release as somewhat of, a, of an illustration of how God wants us to live our lives in a generous manner. And these two things we're going to want to look at tonight. To find uh, that freedom and release, we need to understand who we are in Christ. And then number two, believe his promise that we have enough. So let's just look into this, into into our text here. Verse 1 through 3 is what we'll start with. Letting go. Uh, Verse number 1 says, At the end of every seven years thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it it of his neighbor or of his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner thou mayest exact it again, but that which is thine with thy brother thine hand, Shall release. So every seven years was the release year. It, it, whenever you really think about that, if you were to put it in our modern world, um, you can kind of read over that and just say, okay, at the end of every seven years, the ones that, that were the creditors were to forgive the debts to the debtors, and everything was to, was to be let go and go back to how it was before. Um, but really put that in, your, in, your, in, modern, in our modern economy. Every seven years, all of the homes would be paid off. Everyone's mortgages would be paid off, and they wouldn't have to pay any more mortgage payments. And uh, your buddy that borrowed twenty dollars from you whenever, whenever they, their wallet was empty and they needed some money, wouldn't have to pay you that money anymore. Um, but to to understand the feeling of it, kind of put yourself in the creditor's position, because what the creditor was being asked by God to do here. Is to give up what was rightfully theirs. Yeah. If someone borrows money from me, they owe it. They, they owe it to me. There's nothing wrong with asking them to pay that back. And right. and when, and we've all experienced this. Maybe when you when you are a friend to someone and you lend them something with the expectation that they're going to pay it back, and they don't, you you feel violated. You feel even if it's not even if it's only twenty bucks, even if it's only ten bucks, you feel like. You know, they, were my, they called themselves my friend and they were supposed to pay me back and they didn't. You feel violated. And that's what God was asking these creditors to do was to give up, to let go of their rights materially. Because they had, and, and when you see this, the reasons that God gives for them to, to be doing this is because of his blessing. He says in verse four, save when there shall be no poor among you for the Lord shall greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. So he's talking about this. He said, you know, none of what you have gotten as my people has been deserved. If you you go all the way back to when they were in in Egypt, all the things that the children of Israel had, their their, uh, many blessings that God had given them, the land that God had brought them into um none of it was something that they deserved and so god was asking them to recognize the fact that even the the things that they that they did possess were were not things that they had earned they were things that had been given to them by god right. and that's a mistake that we can make and it's the first um lie that we believe when it when it comes to discontentment or selfishness is that we mistakenly believe that the things that we hold in our hands, the things that we've worked so hard for, are ours. We fail to recognize that, as, as Job said, it's the Lord that gives, and it's the Lord that takes away. It's, it's all His. And because of that, when we begin, to, we begin to hold on tightly and grip on tightly and demand our rights, we, we've completely lost sight of God's blessing in our life. The second thing that they were to do in this kind of the second half of the text that we haven't read is this idea of not not just the year of release but opening up and and giving. Verse number uh, seven says, "If, If there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother, but thou shalt open thine hand wide Unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need, and that which he wanteth. Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and thine eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him not, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be sin unto thee. Thou shalt surely give him, and thine heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works and in all that thou puttest thine hand unto. Verse 11, For the poor shall never cease out of thy land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thine hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to thy needy in thy land. So they were told here to not harden their heart. That that, uh, phrase of hardening their heart Think of it this way. Think of it like an illustration would be of Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan in, in the Gospel of Luke. That those two men that passed by uh, before that Samaritan did, that saw that man wounded there in the ditch, they saw him where he was, and they looked at him, and they chose to step onto the other side of the road and ignore him. That's hardening the heart. It's, as Paul said, shutting up their, shutting up their bowels of, of compassion or that's what John says in his in his epistle. It's choosing to say, I'm just going to ignore the need and let someone else take care of it. We'll let someone else volunteer to do that job um, because I need every bit of, of what I've got. Again, it's this idea of, of thinking that I don't have enough and therefore I can't give. But God said that they were to, to open up and... Just in passing, I, I do I do want to want to mention this that there were some qualifications for for giving here. Um, it it says in verse um, in verse number eight, it says, "Thou shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need, and that which he wanteth. It, it was it was a loan, M- meaning this. The it wasn't always expected that it, all of it would be paid back, but it was this that. You were to give somebody with a thought of this. I'm going to give you this to help you get back on your feet. There was no, there wasn't a free handout, and it wasn't, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to get a job, and so I'm going to take, I'm going to take care of your needs. God didn't expect um, people to do that, His people to do that, then and He doesn't expect us to do that now. Uh, but this, this, this was a person who was in want, and not meaning they they didn't want a new. A new car or want a new iPhone, they, they didn't have food to put on the table. They couldn't feed and they couldn't clothe and they couldn't shelter themselves. So that was a little bit of a qualification there. But he said that these people would always be in the land. There would always be poor people. There would always be people that were in need and that they were to open up their hands. And I think um, verse number 10 is, is interesting um, because it's, it's, a, it's a very hard command. Uh, When you you think about it, he says, Thou shalt surely give, and thine heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him. It's like he's saying this, thou shalt not be sad. Um, I know probably all of our parents, if we remember back, told us this at some point when they told us to do something. We not only had to do what we were told, but do it with a good attitude and be happy about it, right? Smile when when you obey, right? And that's what God's telling them to do because... We can all um, dig dig into our wallet and maybe find a little extra and grudgingly hand it over, shell it out because God told us to, but where the rubber meets the road is what what you feel inside when you do that does it does it grieve you and that word in that in verse number ten uh, of the the word heart is important the What you feel inside whenever you give, whether it's giving your money at at church um, or giving a friend something that they need, uh, whether it's time or or money or whatever it might be, the feeling that you get whenever you hand that over tells you where your heart's at. It's an indicator. In verse number nine, he talks about, um, beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart saying the seventh year of the year of release is at hand. He's saying this, don't, don't start scheming and, th- and try to um, get around the law here and refuse to lend somebody something because you know it's year number six and next year you're going to have to forgive it and there's no way they're going to have it paid back by then. He's saying this law isn't just about them following the letter of it and because um, it's about their heart. God's wanting them to see what's in their heart. And he wants us to see that as well. Giving is a choice that, that you make. Um, but more than that, it's a chance for you to see where your heart's at. And that brings us to the to kind of the application of this or or the answer to the question maybe that that could be asked. How could they be expected to have this attitude? And I talked a little bit about this a minute ago, but really, this is, this is sort of econ- economically or materially kind of, odd, kind of an odd system. It doesn't make sense that everyone's commanded to give generously and everyone's commanded to forgive and to give up their rights when it comes to debts and to let go of those things. And so, and so first of all, God had promised them, God, God had given them great blessing, and we already talked about that. But then secondly, God had made them who they were. Look at verse number, we'll back up in the text and look at verse number 6. This is probably the most important verse in the, in the text to understanding this. Verse number 6 says, For the Lord thy God blesseth thee, as he promised thee. And then, he makes, then God makes a declaration to them, Thou shalt. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow. And thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. So he gives them a promise here that they, that they as his people were designed to be lenders, not borrowers. That they were designed to, to rule over and not, not to be ruled over themselves. So it's a declaration of who God designed them to be. And here's where we get to the application for us. Go, um, go to Romans chapter 5 and look at a verse there. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 17. Romans chapter 5, verse number 17. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So the first the first thing to recognize as, as you th- think about where your heart's at when it comes to, maybe I should say it this way, ask yourself the question, am I grieved when I have to give? And we can make the mistake of applying this completely to to money but really money is is just a it's just on the surface. Jesus said said it this way and I should have looked up the reference for it cuz I cuz I don't remember the verse exactly but he basically said this. If I can't trust you in the unrighteous mammon talking about material things money, how how shall I entrust unto your care greater things? Yeah. Money is, money is really just, a, just an indicator. It's something that you can look at. What's my attitude towards, towards the material things that I possess? What's my heart towards giving it to someone else and being generous? And that tells me where I'm at, where I'm at spiritually. And so don't make the mistake of thinking that this is all about money and thinking, well, because I, I give to missions and I tithe, um, that means I'm a generous person. We can write our tithe check every month, and, and even give extra to missions. And those are good things, but we can be a selfish and discontent person at the same time as we're doing that. So asking yourself the question this, where where's my heart at, and, and who, do I, who do I believe I am? Because that's the first step is remembering who you are. Because as, as Christians, in the same way that God said to his people there in Deuteronomy that they were to be lenders and not borrowers, they were to rule over other nations and not be ruled over themselves. It was because God had blessed them and God had placed them. It, it, w- it wasn't the idea of being superior, of being uh, greater than all the other people, because as we look in the New Testament, God's plan all along was to add the Gentiles into the gospel plan and to save the Gentiles as well, to save the whole world. Right. So it wasn't that God was saying that because you are so superior to the rest of the world, then that means you can lift up your nose and say, "And say because God's made me special, I'll, I'll give of my abundance to you." That was that's not the idea behind it at all. But in the same way that God God had made the children of Israel who they were and He had given them what they had, as Christians, He's as we read here in Romans five seventeen, we've received abundance of grace. We're talking spiritually now. We've received righteousness that we didn't earn. Right. We've received grace that we didn't earn by Jesus Christ. So in a way, remembering who you are starts with this, remembering that you're you're a child of God. Who you were before you got saved is a person that that could not be expected to be to be generous because you didn't have anything. And a lot of times we we keep that maybe it's been called an orphan mindset or a, a, the mindset of a lost person that this life is all that I've got and I've got to grasp and I've got to cl- claw for what I can get and the thought of giving it to someone else is, is a grieving thought. Whenever you pick up on the fact of the abundance of grace that you have and, and the position that that puts you in, a, not superior but above the rest of the world, you realize, as John said in his epistle, because we, we love him because he first loved us. Giving is this. Giving is a res- is a response to God's love. Because I realize how much he loves me, I respond to him in love, but how do I do that? And this this is where Jesus' uh, response to the lawyer who asked him what the greatest commandment is. And he said... Jesus said, the greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength. And then he said, the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Whenever I realize that, he, that God loves me and he's given me abundance of grace, who I am in him, I respond to him in love. But, how, but what does that look like? Me responding to him in love looks like me giving to my neighbor. It looks like me letting go of the idea that I'll never have enough and opening my hands up to someone who is in need. I want to point out this as well. Philippians, go to uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. Remember that God's promised to take care of you. Philippians 4 and verse 19. You know, the verse we all know very well. Paul said, "But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus." There's a peace that comes in knowing that He has got you taken care of. It doesn't give. It doesn't give me license to be to be foolish and to um, write the entire balance of my savings account over to to uh, to a homeless man and then believe that God's going to just refill that. That's not what it is at all. It's not foolishness, but there's a peace that's there that I can, I don't have to strive and I don't have to uh, claw and grasp for more because, number one, I've already got enough because of who I am in Christ and I have a God that's going to take care of me. I have a God that's going to supply my need. He's promised to do that. So in conclusion, what do you want to take away from this tonight? Is this, open your hand. Open your hand. I want you to think of this question. Why, why, would, why would we keep grasping for what we already have? That seems kind of like a foolish thing to do, does it not? If I've already got, if I've already got everything that I need, is this is what God was trying to get His people to understand with this idea of the year of release. Because they may have asked this, how can you ask me to give up my rights? How can you ask me to open up my hand and give from, from my hard-earned possessions to someone else? And the, the, way, the way that that's possible, how if you ask, how is that possible? The way that's possible is by realizing that you already have. You already have what God's asking you to give. It's not something that you're going to lose. It's kind of the, the paradox of, of the gospel that you could say that Jesus said, whosoever would would, uh, gain his life would lose it. But the person that's willing to lose their life for Christ's sake would gain it. Would gain it unto life eternal. Don't keep grasping for what God said you already have. Because we have two options really in this life. Even as a saved person you have two options. You can live like a lost person in the sense of how you handle your possessions. And you can keep trying to take care of yourself. You can think, I got it. There's no possible way that I could trust God to take care of me. I've got to take care of myself. That's one way to live. And the other way is opening up your hand and giving, letting go. That's probably the hardest thing to do, but that's where... That's where victory is found, um, is an opening up your hand. And again, let me, let me not do God's word in justice and just apply this to money. Certainly, uh, giving of our material possessions is part of this. But it's also spiritually as well. Spiritually giving. What, what do we have to give spiritually? We have our love to give Spiritually. Jesus said in john fifteen he said that this world would would know us by our love right. he said you the world's going to know that you're my disciples by by your love. Yeah. Love is hard to give whenever you don't think you have it. you think you need it that that's that's what the Bible talks about when it talks about in the last days, men shall be lovers of themselves right. that the the world is going to be focused on on striving and working for what they feel like that they don't have. Because I, because no one loves me, no one's out to help me, no one's out to take care of me, I've got to take care of myself, and I've got to use others for me. That's what the world does. That's what sin does. It's using other people to meet your needs. Spiritually, God says, because I've given you all the love, all the love that God the Father has to offer. He's bestowed on us as His children. All the grace that Christ has has been poured out on us. From that position of great spiritual wealth, you can give it away. You don't have to love because someone deserves it or even because you feel like loving that person. You can open up your hand and you can give to them the love that Christ gave to you. It's a response. Giving to others, whether materially or spiritually, is an, op- is an opportunity. It's not, a, it's not a necessity. It's not something that I have to do. It's an opportunity for me to show God that I recognize how much He loves me and how much I love Him in return. Yeah. Open up your hands, and you'll find this. You'll, you'll find peace. You'll find peace from discontentment. You'll find peace from all of the striving all of the turmoil, all the anxiety that this world is experiencing today, you can have peace because you know my God's enough and He's given me everything I need and He's given me the privilege to give it away to others. Let's pray tonight and then we'll have a time of invitation. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the great wealth that we do have. Lord, we do have the promise that that You will take care of us our physical needs. Um, Lord, but greater than that, we have a spiritual wealth in Christ um, and your love for us, your, your unconditional love and grace that you give to us. Help us to keep that in mind and from that position um, to know your love and to show it to other people to be generous, to open our hands and to give. I pray that you would work in the time of invitation, that you would help us this week that we would be about your business. In your name I pray. Amen.
1: Yeah, let's stand tonight real quickly. And uh, are you a giver? You over in 2nd, I think 2nd Peter says, We've been given all things, all things that pertain into life and godliness. And we have a, an eternal supply to give from. Think about that. I like that. We have an eternal supply that we can give from. And. Uh, what a, what a what a great thing I love how you said that you can't you, know, you can't love some people can't give love can't give love if you don't have it and, uh, that was good are you a giver are you we got to always be givers give give give. for God's love the world that he gave his only begotten son we're more like we're the most like our father when we're givers and uh, what a great reminder. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you mentioned it, you know, especially not just money, but you know, spiritually we have every supply I mean, it's like we don't have to go out and get the stuff to give. Mm-hmm. We have it in you know, the fruit of the spirit, we have it all. We have everything yeah. we everything to give there. I love that. So very good. Thank you for that, brother. Appreciate it. Always a joy having you guys come down. So all right. We're gonna be dismissed in a word of prayer and um I remember Saturday morning men's prayer, uh, ten o'clock, and I'll probably go do some door knocking for a little bit while the others are praying. The weather holds out. I I don't know what the weather. I haven't even looked. I don't even know where I am right now. So uh, I'll have to look at that and see what the weather looks like on Saturday. See if we're going to go out. I do. We do have some visits we need to make from some of the visitors. So we're looking forward to that. Be praying for that, and um, we're going to be dismissing the word of prayer. Brother Earl, would you close us in prayer tonight, please? Heavenly right, Father, we just. Saying?